The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. You know, we've talked about bargaining on this show before. It won't be the first time we've talked about it, but today I'm going to dedicate the entire show to that topic because many of the bargains we're making are literally killing us. Bargaining is a stage. It's really a phase of the acceptance process, and the acceptance process is very similar to the grief process in that the phases don't really have any order, but they include denial anger, sorrow, bargaining, and finally, acceptance. Bargaining is the toughest of these phases because it provides us with the illusion that we don't really have to accept that tough reality. Instead, we can fix it. So, let's say my father was indifferent to me. Bargaining with this might mean I continually tried to get him to be loving while I was a child, and then as I grew up, I married men who were indifferent, hoping that I could get them to be loving. And the bottom line is that the more I'm bargaining with these men, Those people who are least likely to become loving and kind, the less the chances are that I'll meet those hungry needs. So I'm really being indifferent to myself. Well, we can stay stuck there for a whole lifetime. So today we're going to talk about how to get unstuck. And we're going to also talk about the issue of uh, meditation as we're going. And we're going to learn more about Oprah's uh, upcoming series on meditation as well. So... You want to be here for that? And um, so what what do I mean when I talk about bargaining? Bargaining, as I said, is a stage of or a phase of acceptance. Like any decision process, there are phases that we go through. So in order to get to, to the place of acceptance where our minds and our emotions and our bodies and our life outlook are all in congruence with regard to accepting a given reality, we have to go through some phases. So, and what happens most is there's a part of us digging our heels into the sand, going, no, 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 this can't be happening, it can't be happening, it can't be happening, I can't deal with this, I can't even imagine myself dealing with this, it's not going to happen to me. So, that's, those, all of those phases that have to do with uh, getting finally to acceptance have to do with resisting acceptance. So, we go through denial, denial says it's not happening. Anger says, oh, my God, it's happening, and I hate it. Sorrow says, oh, my God, it's happening, and it's so sad. Bargaining says, well, if I do this, then I can change that, and then it won't happen, or then I don't have to deal with it, or then I'll feel better, or whatever. And then finally, we get to acceptance. where We go, you know, it's happening, it's real, and I'm okay with it. That's acceptance. And that process is a part of every encounter with life. There is simply no ability to be present in a given moment 
without acceptance. So what we tend to do is we tell ourselves all kinds of mythologies. And one of the current mythologies that is prevalent among those of us who are spiritual seekers is the one that says that life is an illusion. Um, at life is an illusion. We don't have to really worry about anything here. All we need to do is stay in touch with our own divine nature and everything will be, you just you stay there. You don't have to deal with life. You know, life is just something we're going through until we get to the other side. Now, that bargain, and it is a bargain, is very much the same bargain that was, is made in traditional um, Western religion in that we think, well, this life is full of trials and tribulations, but I don't have to really worry much about that. As long as I'm a good person, I'm going to go to heaven, and that life lasts a whole lot longer. And uh, and I, I, I'll never forget that uh, line in the color purple, and I'm probably going to misquote it. By It was uh, said by Whoopi Goldberg, the character that Whoopi Goldberg played. And she said, this life down here is temporary, but heaven lasts forever. And she was talking to her friend, who uh, was played by Oprah Winfrey, Sophia, who had just was being upset with her because she had told, um, Celie had told um, Sophia's husband to beat Sophia because that's what you do to women, okay? And uh, so that whole idea is, well, we suffer down here, but it's okay because in heaven, it's, everything's going to be okay. The idea that life is an illusion and all we need to do is stay in touch with our, our higher self in order to cope with the difficulties of life is the same exact kind of bargain. It says, if I just stay out of touch with how painful this is, then I can endure it until I die. Um, and that's a bargain. And bargains don't help us live alive to the bone. They keep us from living alive to the bone. And in that sense, they kill our spirit. But they can literally kill us physically as well. So let's talk a little bit about what the problem with bargaining is. And then we're going to talk a little bit about how that process works. And then we're going to finally talk about how we can get unstuck from bargaining. Okay, so as a phase of of, of acceptance... Bargaining has two words that are associated with it, if and then. So anytime you hear your mind saying, well, if I do this, then this will happen, then you know you're in a bargain. Now, there are some legitimate bargains, like if I give you this $2.39 or $3 or however much it is in your state or your country, uh, you'll give me that loaf of bread. That's a legitimate bargain because both people are conscious of what's going on. You get the bread, they get the money, and all's good. Okay, so there are those kinds of bargains that are that are good for us, um, uh, and and those are the trades we make in this economic world to have what we want and to have what we need. Uh, but when it comes to our feelings, that's where the bargains are the hardest. Because what we're really bargaining with most of the time isn't the realities of life, but two other internal things. One is our interpretation of the realities of life, and two is our feelings about that interpretation. So they're both, those are both internal structures. They're not external realities. So let's say I have an automobile accident, and I have to uh, be in the hospital for a lengthy period of time because I've broken several bones, and um, I have to learn how to walk all over again, and I have to go through this lengthy period of being off from work, and I have to start all over again with the minute tasks of just moving my fingers and toes. That's difficult. And so far, thank, thank, I'm very thankful that I've never had to go through anything that, 
that physically draining and that um, financially draining as well. But And also, I'm sure, emotionally draining. But that's a difficult reality. And so what we can do with that is we can say, well, if I put on a happy face, then it won't be so bad. And we see people do that. And they go in their room to be alone at night, and that's when they get sad. Uh, or they uh, pretend to be happy all the time, and they're really just repressing a bunch of really um, self-loathing emotions that they're sort of not really uh, tuning into the fact that inside of them is this person who's saying, I hate myself. Why did I get myself in this mess? And not only that, I hate my body, and I hate having to pay attention to it. Um, I've always hated my body, and now I'm having to really pay attention to it. That really sucks. So that part is being ignored. And when we ignore a a voice inside of us, it goes down deep into the unconscious, and it erupts later in some other ways. So can that eruption be physical? Absolutely. Can it be mental? Absolutely. Can it be emotional? Absolutely. Can it be behavioral? Absolutely. It can be any and all of those things at once. So I might erupt with a big temper tantrum. Or I might erupt with an unexplainable crying jag. I might erupt with uh, um, some uh, an illness, a deeper illness. Um, I might get sicker. Uh, so those are the ways that we can react to our stressors as a way of saying, well, this isn't really happening and I don't want to feel it, so I'm going to do an if-then on it. I'm going to have an if-then bargain with life, with, about my life in particular. So that's a real... Um, um, potent example but we can do it in in little ways uh, throughout our lives as well and our our religions and our spiritual tenets can often teach us to bargain the bargain that says if i'm a very good person then i'll get to go to heaven is a bargain the bargain that says if i uh think positive thoughts and work my vision boards and and uh always stay with my affirmations and keep my mind positive all the time then i will finally have what i want that's a bargain those are bargains. They aren't realities. They're bargains. And they're bargains with the reality of our life. Reality of my life is, and, and those of you who've read my book, um, The Law of Attraction, and uh, know that why it, is, why it doesn't work is that we are doing that kind of bargain. We're bargaining with the reality of life. So I don't have the job I want, and I think that I should have the job that I want. Therefore, I'm going to say if I think positive all the time and 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 keep my mind f- uh, constantly focused on my affirmations and I and I make sure that I never have any negative thoughts and negative emotions then I'm going to finally get that job that I want. And then when a year later or two years later I still don't have that job that I want. I come to therapy sometimes with uh, with somebody named Andrea Matthews and I say uh you know what what's wrong with me? How come I can't make this happen? Well, the reason you can't make it happen is not because of you. It's because the somebody taught you the wrong idea. It's not true that we can get what we want by by bargaining with the universe. It's not true. Life on life's terms means that we come to see life as a, a grand teacher instead of seeing it as a, a horrible thing we have to walk through in order to get to heaven or get to... Uh, nirvana or get to get off the samsara wheel or whatever we, it is it is the moment of existence that's what life is life is here right now in this moment and every time we're saying well if i do this then this will happen we're not being here right now in this moment and anytime we're not here in this moment we're missing the glory of this moment so we're not really alive 
that's another way that the bargains can kill us. So uh, with regard to um, how we get into this uh, develop this way of coping with life, how we develop this, it, we develop it because we're surrounded by other people who are doing the same thing. Um, we grow up in situations um, with uh, parents who need us to be a certain way. And they're saying to themselves, if I stay constantly on his back, then he'll make good grades. Or if I um, do his work for him, then he'll make good grades. Or if I um, am very domineering and controlling, then he'll be a good person, the person I need him to be so that my image looks good in the world. Uh, or do you see what I'm saying? So our parents are, are making bargains. And not only do we learn how to bargain from them, but we also learn our own set of bargains in order to cope with them. And their bargains. So, bargaining is a natural thing that we we've, we've developed over the over the centuries of our humanity. We've understood that life comes a certain way, and that um, sometimes when we make a bargain, it works out. So, if I say to myself, "Well, if I work really hard and send out lots of resumes and and uh, you know really try to impress my boss that I have now with the quality of my work, then." Maybe, then maybe I will get the job I want. Well, that's more feasible. It's a little bit more feasible than saying, if I think good thoughts, I'll get the job I want. But, uh, but the reality is I might never get that job. And if I don't get that job, what do I do? Do I just fall into a slump and say, well, my life sucks and, and I'm never going to be happy and, and how come and why hasn't God given me the job that I want and why is my life so miserable and everybody else gets to have a good life and maybe I'll just go buy a gun and shoot some people because I'm so mad at life for not giving me what I want. That's how extreme it can get and another, that's another way that our bargains can kill. So that bargain says if I just sit here and do nothing – and kind of get into a grand sulk at the universe, then I can finally get the universe to come around and give me what I want. I remember being a little girl uh, and going in my room and in a sulk and just in this major pout and feeling very sorry and sad for myself and hoping, hoping, hoping that somebody would come in there and say, poor baby, let me see if I can help you out. But that never happened. <laughs> I would have waited forever if I'd have stayed in there. It never happened. And that's the way we can get with our grand sulks at the universe. We're waiting for the universe to come around and say, poor baby, I see how miserable you are. Let me give you what, I, what you want. And it never happens. So it's, again, another bargain. Um, and, and so when we ask the question, why is life treating me this way? That also is a bargain. Very often I have people come in to see me for therapy who are dealing with the death or the loss of someone through divorce or, or breakup or uh, some kind of separation. And uh, they very often are asking, well, well, now why? What did I miss? Why, why did this happen to me? And the very act of asking that question is a way of staying in the bargaining because the que- what goes under that question is, if I can figure out why this is happening, then I'm going to feel better. So there's an if and a then. Well, suppose you can't ever figure out why it's happening. What what do you do then? So we're, we get stuck right there, and we just have to keep bargaining because I need to feel better, so I'm just going to keep looking. 
you know, until I find the answer. And, of course, there is no answer for many of life's events. We can't explain why someone died, why a child has leukemia, why, you know, this child was hit in the automobile accident and that one wasn't, why 20, uh, 25 children were killed in Sandy Hook. Well, who can explain those things in terms that anybody can possibly understand? We can't explain them. So then what do we do? We just stay stuck on why for the rest of our lives and never get there. And I literally have seen people do that. They come into therapy 10, 15 years after something tragic has happened, and they're still asking, why? I just don't understand why this happened. I don't know why it happened, but now what are you going to do with it? Um, So the question isn't, why did this happen? The question is, what can we do in this moment right now that is about living life to the fullest? And that is out, that moves us out of bargaining. And we're going to talk some more about that as we move through the show. But, uh, for now, what I want us to understand is that we didn't get this capacity to bargain because we're stupid or because, because we determined at some point to stay unconscious. We got it because it's a coping mechanism. And in a natural stage of grief, like suppose that we do lose somebody or we we are the ones that are about to die so so let's say uh, I, I might have some kind of terminal illness my my I might go through the same stages that Kubler Ross talked about the stages of grief um, which you know some people argue that those, those stages aren't um, really always true and I would say that's probably try it right because there's nothing that's always true but but they they work for the generalities especially and they very often work in the specifics so um, I might go through some denial and just say no I'm not really sick nothing's really happening to me I'm fine and just go about my business and pretend nothing's happening until of course it gets worse at, at which point I might get extremely angry at the universe for letting me have this illness that I didn't want and and then you know when my anger just plays itself out then then I might just fall into a crying jag and stay there for a while and then I might start saying well you know if I if I just really ask God for what I want maybe he won't let me die maybe I'll be okay so let me just say if I'm really really good now God will you just let me live and how many of us have made those kind of bargains when someone's dying that we love or when we we're faced with our own mortality and we're saying you know if I do this then maybe the universe will let me be okay and those are bargains and they're natural they're a part of the whole process and then finally we get to well okay this is how it is. This is not exactly how I planned it, but here it is. And I've seen people go into acceptance with a great deal of peace, especially when they're in that phase, last terminal phase where they're beginning to really say, okay, this I'm moving on to the next phase of my development, which is a transition into um, a non-corporeal existence. So um, in that sense, then, that, that acceptance gives us a, a kind of peace, mentally, physically, emotionally, and and even behaviorally, it can give us a great deal of peace. We settle into, okay, this is how it is. And this is what I'm going to get from it. I'm going to get whatever gift this has to give me. Bargaining denies us that gift. Bargaining says, this has got to change. I, I can't accept this. Not, I'm going to change this. And uh, therefore, I'm going to keep looking for that change. And I'm not going to accept anything but that change. And so we, we miss the gift we miss the beautiful, wonderful, spiritually deep and profound gift that a given moment, a given circumstance, a given reality has to give us. And that's a kind of death. So that's another way bargains kill. 
But we're going to talk about next time, right after the break, we're going to talk a little bit about more about bargaining and how that how that process works. And we'll be right back to talk more about that. So stay tuned. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Healing from the Heart is the show that focuses on freeing the heart by releasing the hidden energies that keep it from doing what the heart was created to do. Give and receive love. Every week, your host, Chris Chimbers, an energetic healing practitioner, will explore different aspects of his work, interview leading healers, respond to listeners' questions, and even do some live sessions on air. Tune in Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, for Healing from the Heart on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the 7th Wave Network. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Welcome back. We're talking today about bargaining and how that works, and we're going to talk about how to get unstuck from bargaining as well. But before we go there, I want to tell you a little bit more about Oprah's upcoming Super Soul Sunday. It's going to be an encore presentation where she sits down with renowned thought leader Deepak Chopra for a sort of meditation 101 class. So you can tune in Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern and Pacific only on the OWN station. If you want to know where OWN is on in your area, please go to uh, www.opera.com and uh, there's a, a little link there that says OWN. You can go there and then there'll be another link that tells you how to find that station in your area. And don't miss out on the 21-day meditation challenge with Oprah and Deepak, Deepak that starts on Monday, August the 1st. And you can go to Oprah.com to sign up for that free today.
today also. Um, so that's what's coming up for Oprah, and I'm not going to miss it. I hope you won't either. The Authentic Show itself, Authentic Living Show itself, is sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. You may wonder what the terms holistic theology mean. Well, theology is the study of the divine, and holistic theology is a holistic study of the divine that includes all religions and even transcends religion to get to the mystical core of them all. The American Institute of Holistic Theology offers doctorate, master's, and ministerial bachelor's degrees, chaplaincy programs with internship, NBCC-approved continuing education, and a brand-new Ph.D. program in holistic theology. AIHT's programs include degrees in the following, holistic theology, offering as terminal degrees both a Ph.D. and a Ph.D., holistic ministries, holistic health and spiritual care, metaphysical spirituality, and alternate spiritual traditions, which includes in-depth studies in the paranormal. Using a home study model for distance learning, the student of AIHT gets a thorough education in the field that fulfills and offers a chance to authenticate a unique gift for the world. AIHT is a real educational program where you will get a real learning experience and a broad spectrum of educational endeavors, utilizing as your text writing teachers spiritual experts from all over the world. The big deal is that facilitating your dream is AIHT's mission. All you have to do to enroll is either go to www.aiht.edu or contact Admissions Director Beverly Love at 800-650-4325. Again, if you'd like to enroll right now, pick up the phone and call 800-650-4325. You know, Oprah says, education is the key to unlocking the world, a passport to freedom. Call and get your passport today. So as I said, we were talk, we're talking about bargaining and what that means. And what we've said so far is that bargaining is a phase or a developmental phase, if you will, of the process of acceptance where we finally get to acceptance. And uh, what I want to talk about now is I said earlier that we would have peace when we get to finally get to acceptance. Regardless of the circumstance, regardless of the situation, regardless of the challenge, we can get to peace with that particular challenge, event, circumstance person, whatever, if we can finally get to the acceptance process and through the acceptance process to acceptance. And so the question remains, what keeps us from just going ahead and accepting reality? Why, do, why is it that we argue with reality so much? Well, we have a primary illusion here on planet Earth, and it isn't life. <laughs> life is not the illusion. Our thoughts very often are very illus- illusionary and elusive. Um, but <clears throat> the thought is that we're supposed to be in control of our lives. Now, I'm not sure that the Eastern traditions support that as much as Western traditions do, but Western spiritual paths very often lead us to the idea that we're in charge of our lives to a huge degree and that if we can just do everything the right way, good things will happen. And that is another one of our bargains. If then, if we can do things the right way, then good things will come our way, and not only that, but we'll have eternal life in heaven. So uh, that bargain uh, tells us that we should be able to make life happen the way, it, way we want it to. And one of the primary difficulties we have is that when something that we interpret to be bad happens in our lives, we very often feel guilty. We not only feel guilty, but we take it to the next level and feel shame. We feel guilty and ashamed because we have a primary belief system that says we should have made that stop. 
we should have made sure this didn't happen. What did I do to make this happen? And very often it goes even deeper to a sort of um, traditional mindset that says, what did I do wrong? Okay? So that belief system is what puts us in the mindset of bargaining. The belief that says things shouldn't happen that I don't like. And, and if they happen, then I must have done something wrong. Because if I'd have been doing everything right, it wouldn't have happened this way. That's one of our really deeply set unconscious sort of rhythms of life that we just kind of roll into without even knowing we're doing that. And it becomes so patterned in our thinking that we hardly recognize it when it comes up. And that idea is one that says, I'm to blame. So not only do we have the sorrow of whatever's happened and and our need to walk through that horrendous uh, process toward acceptance, but now we've also got blame, self-blame to deal with and even self-shame to deal with. So we complicate the issue by making it about what we did. But what if what happens in our lives sometimes has nothing whatsoever to do with what we did? That just confounds us. It, <laughs> when I've said that to people, they're like, no, that can't happen. No, I must have done something to make this happen. But really, there are some events in our lives that we, over which we could not have possibly had any control. For example... You get on an airplane and it crashes. What could you have done not to let that happen? Well, some people say, well, I should have known. I should have known not to get on that plane. Uh, how are you going to know that? Well, I should have been more in touch with my intuition. It would have told me. What if it wouldn't have? What if you were supposed to get on that plane? Now, there's a <laughs> conundrum for us. That's one we have a lot of trouble with. Uh, really? I'm supposed to get on a plane and and die or get seriously injured seriously you you really think that's supposed to happen well i don't know what's supposed to happen i have no idea about any supposed to's but i know it does i know it does because i see it happen i know it does because i see so many people asking the same question well how come i didn't know how come i didn't see this you didn't see it because maybe it was not meant to be seen or maybe it was it was something that nobody could have seen or no, nobody would have even wanted to see. Nobody would have allowed themselves to see even if it was seeable. What if some things aren't seeable? Is that okay? Is, is that reality okay that some things just aren't seeable? And what if the, the, the idea that there's a process of uh, unfold, uh, taking the blindfold off our eyes that allows us only a certain glimmer of information that that might be intuitive. I mean, why is it that our dreams speak to us in riddles? If we're so supposed to be in control of everything, wouldn't they be speaking more directly to us? Um, you know, we can ask that same question about why the great masters spoke in parables. Jesus and Buddha and some others spoke in parables. Some of the uh, Zen cones are like impossible to understand. <laughs> but... Uh, so, so why do people do that? Why, why, why are the great spiritual teachings paradoxical? Well, it's because there is paradox in this world. There is mystery in this world. And there are some things that cannot be seen. There are some things that cannot be heard. There are some things that we won't hear no matter how many ways it gets said because we're in a process of trying to get to acceptance. And that process just takes what it takes for us to get there. What I say very often is we can't see what we don't see until we see it. 
And that's just pure fact. You can't see what you don't see till you see it. So there it is. I remember getting very frustrated when I was a teenager. I remember sitting on my front porch on a swing on my front porch, and there was a pillar on my front porch, and there was a neighbor that I really wanted to see, and she, and she was walking across the street in such a way that the pillar was blocking my vision of her. And every time I moved, she was also moving, so I got further behind the pillar, and I never got to see her. So, And what I wanted to do was be able to call out to her, but I couldn't see her, so I couldn't call out to her. So that frustration, that idea that I, I'm trying really hard to see here, but I can't see, that frustration is often the case in in dealing with the realities of our lives we're trying to see but we just can't okay i've had people come in and say why didn't i see earlier that what he or she was going to do you know uh not somebody who's showing us blatantly who they are but somebody who's trying to hide from us who they are and we go why how come i didn't see how come i didn't know well maybe your intuition knew something but maybe it didn't and is that okay So what we're really saying is, if only I had known sooner, then it wouldn't be hurting this bad. How do you know that? (laughs) You don't know that. So that's a bargain. Okay? So we're we're blaming ourselves for the realities because we have this belief system that says, bad things shouldn't happen to me. If bad things happen to me, then I must have done something wrong to set the whole thing up. And particularly... In this, uh, in the new age idea of the law of attraction, not the new thought idea, but the new age idea of the law of attraction, as it first came out in the 1990s and was later written about in The Secret, and particularly that kind of thinking, it says that, you know, when, when bad things happen, you've attracted them. And there must be something in your unconscious that you haven't dealt with, and so you've attracted this bad thing to you. And, uh, you need to deal with that thing that's in your unconscious, and then, this bad thing will not happen again or it will go away. Um, that whole idea is one that says that we are in charge of everything that happens in our lives. And while I do agree that we can definitely set up things in a long-term kind of way that, you know, I'm making a decision A and B and C and, th- and, and D and E and F and G. I made all those decisions over the years and finally we get to, you know, Z and the consequences of all of those decisions come home to roost. So, yes, I do believe that we have some say so. Are we in charge of everything that happens in our lives? No, we're not. Some things are just going to happen. Why? It's a mystery. I don't know. But I do know that we can get something out of it. I do know we can take home the gift. And I do know the experience, if we are willing to surrender to it, can change us fundamentally. That I do know. And we will look back on it at some point in our lives and be grateful that it happened just the way it happened. I I have experienced that in my own life, and I've certainly seen it in other people's lives where they look back and go, you know, that guy was a real, you know, uh, jerk. He was a real jerk, but because he was in my life, whether he was a boss or a brother or a sister or whatever, a, a, I guess it can't be a sister, but whether he was a brother or a boss or a husband or a boyfriend or a, a friend or whoever he was, whatever capacity he, in, he invited struggle or tragedy into my life, I can look back on that and say, I am so glad that that thing happened because look how much I've grown because of that. 
I have literally thanked people for their horrendous behavior <laughs> because I changed so much as a result of having to deal with their horrendous behavior. Had they changed as a result of my, you know, me doing anything? No. Had they, were they going to change as a result of my saying thank you? No. But I needed to say it. Okay, so it's it's not about um, um, whether or not we will bargain. We absolutely will have some at least small stage of bargaining in our process of acceptance as long as we are interpreting life in those terms. And we do because we're born into that paradigm where, you know, we're supposed to take charge of our lives and be the people that our parents need us to be, even if that's really dysfunctional. And so we take on that identity and we live that out until one day we go, you know what, this identity is not working. Who am I really? Um, and that's what this show is all about is that when you get to that place, listen to the show because the show is going to help you find that authentic self. Um, and, of course, there's many other teachers out there talking about it as well. So the idea of bargaining, though, is not authentic Uh but it do, it can we can definitely get unstuck from it. We cannot stay stuck. The way we stay stuck in it is by repeating the same bargain over and 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 over again ad nausea, thinking that we're going to get different results this time. And you know, AA came out with that saying many years ago: definition of insanity, uh, doing the same old thing, looking for different results. Yes, well, many of us are living insane lives. Because we are doing the same old thing over and over and over, looking for different results, and that's the bargaining. It's it's, uh, and we can stay in that uh, for a lifetime. Like I said in the beginning, uh, the example I gave was say my father was indifferent, so I'm I'm going to try really hard to get daddy to love me. I'm going to be good in school. I'm going to be a cheerleader. I'm going to be pretty. I'm going to dress right. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be always be pleasant to him. I'm going to bring him his slippers. I'm going to put his plate down on the table i'm going to kiss him on the cheek i'm going to be such a good daughter or such a good son and daddy's going to love me and daddy never does and i just keep trying and then i meet men and i i do the same thing with them and what kind of men are those those the same kind of men my daddy was my daddy just didn't really want to invite children into his life and he didn't really want to have to deal with feelings and he didn't want to have to be dealing with um, the commitment of being involved with somebody and so what do I do I marry men just like that why am I attracted to that because it's an unresolved issue in my unconscious and I'm attracted to it so that I can resolve it but I don't resolve it I keep trying to bargain with it so I marry Joe and Joe Joe is just like dear old dad and then I marry Bill and Bill is just like dear old dad and then I marry Al Alan and Alan is just like dear old dad. And then one day I come to therapy and, uh, you know, I go, oh, my gosh, how come I keep marrying the same old person? And as we explore that, what we come to learn is that that same old person is dad. Why? Because I never finished bargaining. And I've lived out 20, 30, 40 years of my life stuck in that bargain trying to say, if I can just say this or do this, then I'll get these people who don't know how to love to love me. But who am I picking? I'm picking people who don't know how to love. If I'm going to take a, get a shot at being loved, I'm going to have to pick somebody who knows how to love. And that'll be somebody very different from dad. So when I get to acceptance and go, okay, my dad didn't know how to love. He didn't love me. I was not loved by my dad, and that's how it was. What do I do with that? What we tend to do with that is we tend to say, well, that means there's something bad about me. 
No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean anything at all about you. It means something about your dad. It means nothing about you. But that's how we interpret it. And because we interpret it that way, we've lived out a lifetime of bargaining, trying to be acceptable to somebody who just can't, can't be, can't accept. So that's kind of where, how we get stuck. And the way, the way to get unstuck is what we're going to talk about in the next uh, section of our show. But what I want to say right now is that uh, in that process of realizing where we've been, just observing that, oh my gosh, I have been doing the same thing over and over again for 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, sometimes years. What is that? Oh, look how much of my life I've wasted. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do with that now? Well, you could say, well, I'm going to waste another 10, 20 years worrying about how much I wasted my life. Or you could say, let's get on with living. Let's get on with accepting. Acceptance and only acceptance is living. Without acceptance, we cannot really be alive. So that's where we're going to start when we come back to the next uh, phase of our show. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. If you are looking to shift from struggle to a life of alignment with your deepest truth, you'll want to tune in to Thresholds to Awakening with host Sway Emily Spilkin. Our program will help you discover that your deepest challenges are not mistakes, but opportunities to become who you really are. Thresholds to Awakening. Enter your darkness to find your light. Where Sway speaks with spiritual luminaries, cutting-edge thought leaders, and experts in the field of transformation. Listen live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? If you're searching for the answers to these and other spiritual questions, you can look within. And you can tune into The Open Door. Our program will expand your awareness of the teachings of the Ascended Masters, offer you practical tools that promote self-mastery and personal freedom, and provide an unerring pathway for graduating from Earth Schoolroom. The Open Door with host Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy is broadcast live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. In times of personal transformation and growth, Sometimes you need assistance to help set you on the right path. Angela Bushman provides that assistance. Tune in each week for her show, Shine Your Light. With Angela's guidance, you can identify and overcome your fears, learn to let go, and share the joy of authentic living. Angela leads by example and invites you to join her on this path of discovery. Shine Your Light with Angela Bushman is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be visionary. Be extraordinary. Be the change. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network.
You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back for the final uh, section of our show, talking today about bargains that kill. And what we've said so far is that bargaining is a stage of the acceptance process. It's also a stage of the grief process in which we, um, we try to negotiate with the realities of our lives by saying, well, if I do this, then that will happen, or then I'll feel better, or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And what we said is that we can stay stuck for whole lifetimes in that stage, trying and trying and trying and trying to to fix the same old problem uh, from family paradigms of our childhood and uh, staying stuck in that same paradigm and then wondering how in the world we've wasted 20, 30, 40, 50 years of our lives trying to do something that's not possible for us to do. Um, And what we said just before the break was if we get to that place where we go, gosh, how much time have I wasted trying to accomplish this thing and never got anything done, well, we can stay there too, not accepting, not accepting that we've been bargaining. But acceptance says, well, okay, I've been bargaining. Now I'm going to accept the gift of that. What's the gift in all these years that I've spent bargaining? And let me take that gift with me and let me move forward. So acceptance is not just a decision we make, though. We can't decide to accept. I hear people say, well, I've just decided to let that go. No, you haven't. (laughs) You didn't just decide to let that go. A decision is a mental process. Uh, acceptance is a spiritual, emotional, mental, physical, uh, the whole thing all aligned up in a con- uh, congruence. Uh, that's the kind of process it is. It's not one that we can just do mentally and just say, well, I've decided to do that. People say, well, I've decided to forgive somebody. And what they really mean is I just don't want to think about that. I'm not thinking about that. But if it comes up again, they're still enraged. They're still, you know, holding barf between their teeth trying not to not to realize how toxic that person was etc etc they haven't forgiven at all they've just said the words and thought that was some kind of magic potion and again that was a bargain if i say this then i won't have to deal with it anymore Um, but uh how we get unstuck from the bargaining process is to accept the bargaining process um, and what I mean by that is to say that, yes, I'm, my mind is going to want me to, to change this reality. And, and the reason it's going to want me to change this reality is because I'm going to, I'm telling myself that this reality is not a good one. And, you know, we've talked many times on the show about duality and how we divide all of life up into good and bad. And that's how we interpret the things that happen to us. Oh, this is bad. This is really, really bad. I don't like this. This is bad. It doesn't feel good. I don't want this. But when we can sit with it, and that's that's a phrase I use a lot, although you can also stand with it and walk with it and dance with it and run with it and all kinds of things. But I use the term sit with it because it means sort of be still with it. Um, it means to be present with that reality. Okay, so here's the reality. I just got fired from my job. All right. I am scared to death. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to start my life all over again. 
I don't know who to contact. I don't know who to ask for help. And I'm really, really, really angry at my boss. Okay, so there it is. Now, I haven't just looked at the event, which is what we're, where we tend to stop. I'll just let's look at the event, the external event. What I've also included as part of my acceptance process is my feelings about the event. Okay? We live in a world where people have to have jobs to make it. And those people who don't have jobs end up eventually being homeless or they live with somebody else. Neither of which are, uh, are appetizing <laughs> uh, possibilities for us to consider. Um, but the process is where we say to ourselves, okay, this is where I'm at. And you might be amazed to learn that just going, okay, let's just let's sit with this for a second. I got fired. And that really makes me angry because that's not at all was I, what I was expecting. And I really am mad at my boss because he set this whole thing up and it's not fair. He or she set this whole thing up and it's not fair. And, uh, and, um, now I'm also not only scared, but I'm hurt. I feel betrayed. I, I'm lost in confusion as to where I'm going to go next. Now I'm sitting with all of that going on inside of me and I'm saying, okay, there it is. Dig, take a deep breath. Okay, there's that feeling of fear. Okay, there's that feeling of a hatred for my boss. Okay, there's that feeling that I just don't know what to do. Okay, now I, I'm, you know, and when you do all that, you get to a level of peacefulness. Now from there, you might be able to make some logical decisions as to what you're going to do next. How will you get money for the next week or so? Um, you know, lots of people when they get fired at certain levels have severance packages, and so that might be applicable in this event. Um, but suppose you get fired and you don't have that. What are you going to do now, right this minute, for money? Okay, let's see. Who, uh, who can I call? What can I do? What's possible here? Let me examine the possibilities. What we tend to do when we're bargaining is we either or something to death before we can ever get creative about it. We go... Well, either this is going to happen or that's going to happen. And, and it mean, it generally means in this particular scenario, it might mean something like, well, either I'm going to get another job or I'm going to starve to death. <laughs> we just go totally one end of the continuum to the other in a heartbeat uh, without ever even considering the, all the myriad options in between those two uh, black and white possibilities. So um, there are always more than two options. That's something you can just carry with you. If you never remember another word I've said today, remember this. There are always more than two options. When you have eliminated all those other options and, and suspended them all into a world of non-existence and said there's only two, you are bargaining. Not only are you bargaining, but you're less likely to be able to do anything about your problem because neither one of those two options sound very good um, or possible. So uh, I can call Aunt Mary and maybe she'll loan me some money to get through until, you know, until I can get a job. I'm going to call that last guy I worked with. He really liked me and, and maybe he'll hire me at least temporarily until I can get something else going. I'm going to, you see what I'm saying? Those are all the possibilities. Because why, why am I able to think about those? Because I came back into the now. 
I got with the present reality and I said, okay, here it is. This is what I'm dealing with. Not only am I dealing with the event, but I'm dealing with all my own thoughts and feelings about the event. And so I have to accept those as well. That's a part of how I'm going to process through this and get my gift because I know there's a gift in this. And that's something I can promise you, and I don't make promises lightly, I can promise you there is a gift in every single solitary thing that ever happens to you. You might have to go looking for it, but it's there. And to, to when we when get into that hopeless place where we just go, oh, this is just doom and gloom and it's... You know, this is the end of the world, and, you know, that's where we stay stuck. And when I hear people who have, using the same scenario, gotten fired and went home and sat and did nothing, and the reason they could do that is because someone was enabling it, usually a wife, a spouse, a husband, an aunt, an uncle. Somebody was allowing them to just sit on their duff and do nothing um, because they were so depressed about having been fired and, oh, life is terrible. Now I'm going to get into a grand sulk with the universe, and I'm going to say, you know, the world, the gods, the whatever, haven't treated me right. And so I'm going to my room now and suck my thumb. Sorry to put it so blatantly, but that's essentially what we can all do. I've done it. Okay, that's the reason I can tell you about it. I've done it. We've all done it. And and so that it's not about shame. It's about reality. The reality is we have that capacity in us to just say, okay, my bargain now is going to be I'm going to sit on my duff until God comes knocking on my door and says, here's your job. And not only is it a job, but it's the job of your dreams. Not going to happen. And so when when we're in that mindset, we're waiting for mommy or daddy to come into the room and say, oh, poor thing. Life's been hard for you, so let me pick you up and carry you back out, and let's go have an ice cream cone. Um, <laughs> and, of course, nobody ever comes. And so we sit. So when, when we get into that grand sulk, what we're doing is we're saying, I'm not going to make a decision about how to find the gift in my life. Now, it's true that we don't often find that gift until pa- the event is passed, overdone, and we look back on it. And then we can go, oh my gosh, look at all the ways that I've changed. Or look, I would never have found this job if I had not been fired by that guy. Or look, now I can recognize somebody who might be a potential bad boss before I even take the job. Or And that's just, I mean, it could be all of those. There could be many gifts. Um, but the not, the not the least of which, and the most important of which, as a matter of fact, is the fact of our own spiritual growth. We evolve closer and closer to who we are as souls, as divine beings, because we encounter life in the moment and accept it, consciously receiving every piece of it lovingly. So instead of saying to my feelings, oh, you shouldn't be feeling that, you know, if I'm somebody who believes in the old law of attraction, the way it it was originally taught to us that I might say, well, I can't have any negative feelings now. Maybe the reason I got fired is because I've got some negative feelings in me and I'm going to have to get rid of all those. So all of these feelings that I have about hating my boss and being scared that I'm not going to find anything else and all of that, well, they just have to go. I can't feel those things. I just don't have time. Uh-uh, I can't feel that. So what's going to happen is I'm just pushing that away, trying really hard to stay upbeat and positive because I'm afraid if I don't, then something worse is even then this is going to happen. That's a bargain. And I'm still doing the same old thing, looking for different results. So, if, But if I say to myself, I've got a lot of mixed up feelings here. 
I've got fear on one end, hatred on the other. I've got uh, sorrow that this thing happened to me. I feel betrayed. I'm, I'm, and I'm yet on some deep level that I haven't really noticed. I'm feeling kind of hopeful. It might be exciting to find look for a new job. I can, I'm really happy in that job anyway. Okay, so now we've just run the gamut of all those feelings, and each one of them can be lovingly received, and each one of them can be said, okay, you're a little child, you come sit on my lap. Oh, okay, you're a little child, you come sit on my lap. And each one of them gets to be heard. And so when we do that, what we're doing is we're receiving the moment for all that it has to give, and you will be amazed that just that very process brings us to a peacefulness, and from that peacefulness, we are then able to orchestrate our lives in a more meaningful way. So not accepting life on life's terms is one of our biggest problems, and ultimately, we die of it, uh, but, uh, but we can live through the process of acceptance. Um, and acceptance means being with what is. Being really fully, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and every other way present with what is. Not with what could be, not with what should have been, not with what was yesterday, but with what is. That's it. That's the process. That's the wholeness of acceptance. And it makes us whole. And bargaining splits us in half, splits us off, keeps us unconscious, and ultimately it kills us. Keeps us from living life to the fullest in the very least. So that's what we got for today. Uh, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be talking to the uh, astrologer Stephen Forrest, one of my most admired astrologers, and I'm real excited about getting him on the show. So uh, you don't want to miss that, so stay tuned for that later in August. And next week, we're going to be talking about what we mean by the terms being present. So we talked a little bit about that today. We're going to talk some more about that next week. Stay tuned for that. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.